Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Blonde podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, TBB babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the blog, ChristinaMcGinnis.com, and the podcast, which you are listening to, The Bottled Blonde, where we're talking booze, boys, business, and lots of beauty. And today, I have to be really honest with you guys. I have only gone to like two influencer events in LA. They were very like pop in and pop out. One of them Literally, there was just like a straight up ice cream truck and a whole bunch of influencers stood next to this wall, took pictures and left. So it wasn't really like you were conversing, hanging out. And I have like a really great group of girlfriends here, which I freaking love. But I do want more like kind of influency bloggery friends here because when you're in the same industry, it's just like so easy to go to events together and do different things. But I'm going to one tonight, which when I read the message, I laughed out loud because this would never happen to like where I'm from in Portland, Oregon. Like we don't have, we have very like small influencer events and there's like six of us. Like there was a total of six. We knew all six people. We like knew the dirt on all six people. And that was it. That was the only kind of like thing that was happening in Portland. And so I was like sitting in bed and it was like nine o'clock. And I got this DM that was like, hi, this real housewife from Dallas is hosting this event in LA and like wants you to come. And there's only like, I think it's like 15 like influencers from LA are invited and they each get a plus one. So I like about peed myself. I was like, number one, how did they pick me? <laughs> number two, hopefully these other people are cool because I'm normally really good at events, like networking and everything. But if you guys are in the same boat where you're like, holy shit, you're starting to like get back into life and it feels kind of weird. Like I have not been like nervous for an event in so long. I'm like nervous to go to this today. Like, I was like, oh my God, hopefully everyone's nice. Everyone's like cool because masks are like lifted in LA. So is that going to be a thing? And this isn't like a normal event. Like in a sense, like normally you get like dressed up to an event. You go to it. There's probably like cocktails, appetizers. It's probably like a brand activation or something like that. And then you're kind of like bopping around and then you exit. This one, we're straight up doing a spin class. And I'm still fresh out of surgery. Don't even know if I can do spin, but I was like, what a fun opportunity. If I have to just like sit on the bike and like slowly pedal, I will, but we're doing a spin class and then we're having like a picnic. And I was like, oh God, I love picnics. I love cheese. I love the picnic vibe, the picnic aesthetic. There's so many little like picnic brands popping up. And so I was like, all right, we got to like do the damn thing. But if you guys are feeling like at all nervous for events, I am like there right with you. I don't know why either because I'm such a chatty bitch, but 
I feel like recently just kind of like getting back into life, things like that, that wouldn't normally bother me. I'm like, ah, and maybe I need to do them more, like just like be going to more things and be taking more opportunities. So sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking tired. I want to lay in bed and eat some fucking avocado toast and watch Riverdale and go to bed. But we are, we're putting ourselves out there today. So that's exciting. But (laughs) I'll keep you guys updated on that front and how that is going because holy hell, I am kind of nervous. We're being very open and honest with each other. I am kind of nervous. On some other dating news, because you guys were like, all right, we want some fun like dating ideas with the mans. I got some messages about that. So we are obsessed with Top Chef, obsessed with Top Chef over in this part of the world. Me and my man literally watch it all the freaking time. Obsessed. Beat Bobby Flay, Guy Fieri. We love them all. We watch them all too. And so we're like, you know what? Our dream is to literally be invited on the Food Network and be able to eat the food. That is something I'm manifesting, putting out in the world. That would be a dream come true for me. I would probably start crying (laughs) because we've watched every single show. And so in preps, in preparation for the one day that maybe someone says, hey, I know a friend of a friend of a friend that could literally just get you to watch the show. And I really want to be able to eat the food. Not only go, but like actually try it out. So we decided this would be like a fun date activity because our problem (laughs) is the fact that literally right now, all we do is drink and we eat. And we'll go out and be like, okay, well, what should we do? And all of like our friends and everything are like, drink and eat. And there's a million and one places to go in LA or wherever you're at for restaurants. But we're like, let's like mix it up. So we are going to do like Top Chef at home where we have secret ingredients. So I've picked my secret ingredients for him and we're going to try it this Saturday. I'm going to like fucking win, obviously. But We're going to have to make an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. And they all have a different secret ingredient that's going to be like hard to incorporate. I posted it on my story because I was like, I don't know what to fucking do. I'm going to end up giving him like truffle and he's going to make an amazing dish. I kind of want to give him like some fucked up ingredients so that I win. But the problem is, is I also have to taste this. So they can't be so nasty. Like I'm one of those people who hates cilantro, fucking hates it. It's like a genetic thing. No cilantro is ever coming like in my mouth at all. And I could make a dirty joke about that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm letting that, we're dropping that. We're letting it go. So no cilantro. I'm thinking more like someone said like a truffle ketchup for like the dessert, which I don't know how the fuck you could make a dessert out of that. So like things that are a little bit more difficult. So that's like a fun little date idea that I'm going to do and I will win. I'll keep you guys updated on all things. We have a few friends that said they would come and be our judges. Like B, we'll have to give them like extreme titles. So that will be coming soon. So we're pretty, pretty jazzed. The event thing kind of, eh, but I know that I'm going to crush the top chef thing. So those are two things that are coming in our lives right now. And I'm pretty pumped for Also, side note, before we head into the episode, I'm going to start sharing my weekly obsessions and hates because why the hell not? Okay, right now, things that I am obsessed with, I'm a Chamberlain. I almost was an hour late to her pop-up in LA. Really wish I could have gone. I don't know why, but I find her fucking hilarious, number one. Her YouTube videos just... 
I could just play them. I will play them in the background while I'm working. And someone <laughs> on my phone call yesterday was like, what, is someone in the background? I'm like, no, I'm literally watching Emma Chamberlain videos. I love them. She's off. Oh, I don't know why. Her vibes, immaculate. Number two, I am about ready to turn on because I am obsessed with Erica Jane and I'm really scared that after watching, oh, after watching this like atrocious new video that has come out about the housewife and the hustler, I'm so scared. Well, it's not a video. I believe it's it's on Netflix, but I'm very, very scared. It's like a documentary about how her ex-husband, Tom, most likely stole a whole bunch of money from their clients to live like this lavish lifestyle. And I'm like, you know, what's interesting to me is the fact that, okay, if you, if you are doing something legal, why would you go on TV and, and, and like, talk about it? And like, talk about how like bougie bougie you are and like all these things. Like I was obsessed with her, her vibe, the whole bit. Now I'm scared. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch it, but I do want to watch it. Cause I want the tea, but I don't want to hate her. Do you, do you see what I'm feeling right now? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Those are kind of my two, my like love hates for the moment. I feel like I'm scared. I love the Amber Chamberlain, scared to watch The Housewife and The Hustler because I'm scared that my love will turn into hate. So those are kind of my little tidbits of the week. And thing that I feel like I am going to love is the girl from Schitt's Creek is on a new show. There are billboards literally all over Hollywood called like Kevin can go fuck himself. And that I desperately want to watch. I can't wait for that because I just love her. I watched the little outro of Schitt's Creek. And if you haven't done that, just mad respect for the entire show. And she's just, oh, she's iconic. So I really, those are kind of my loves of the week. My hates is the fact that right now, but this damn bodysuit that I have to wear because of surgery is giving me massive fucking chafing. And I have to go put on some chafing cream and my stitch cream. So that before I go to this fucking event. Oh my God. Yeah, the cycling, it's gonna what a time to be alive. Anyway, into the episode. Hello, TVB babes. Today's drinking word is going to be. Hmm, let's go fitness. Back is coming on. She is literally a Victoria's Secret trainer. She's trained Victoria's Secret models. She's phenomenal and her energy is infectious. I don't say that about a lot of people. Like I'm going to be very, very honest. There's only two people I have ever given that compliment to and she is one of them. Her energy is just phenomenal. Like after we chatted, I was like, all right, balls to the wall. I need to get up go do something. She was just so lively, so peppy, so real. I'm obsessed with her. And we chat all about building your ass for summer because hot girl summer, we're ready for it. Let's build the buns. She has created these resistance bands, which I am going to go buy. And I learned so much from her from this episode. And then we trail off into so many other things that I did not even think that we would get into. And I ended up sharing something super personal that I don't know if I was ready to share, but here we go. We're going balls to the wall, chatting with Beck, and I cannot wait for you guys to fucking hear this. Hey, 
Hello, TBB babes, and happy Thursday today. We are talking all things fitness, and I cannot wait for our guest of the week. We're about to have so much fun. Back, hello, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this chat. Me too. Thank you so much for hanging out. I just want to say, following the Instagram, loving everything. I'm just like scrolling for like 15 minutes. And I was like, whoa, I need to stop. I was like, cool your jets, Christy. Like, <laughs> Calm down. But I just, I love your vibe. Like you're, I'm just like, she's just got something, got something good. So for everyone <laughs> who isn't a full-blown stalker like myself, tell the TBB babes about you. So my company is Sweat with Bex, which is basically who I introduce myself as Sweat with Bex now because you forget who you are after a while. So that's cool. But basically, so I've got a health and wellness company. I started it nine years ago and I started it, I came from a hospitality nightlife background. But when I was in all that, I realized there was nothing really in the fitness or health and wellness space for someone that likes to do both. So for the person that's like the socialite, the PR girl, the person that likes to party, but also dabble in fitness, the people that aren't necessarily born being like, you know, into sports or loving it, but no, you have to do it. And so for me, that's how I was growing up. I was always like the artsy fashion girl that loved to party. And so I felt like there was such a void in the industry for people like me. So then that's how I got into fitness. That's so amazing. So yeah. all, all things fitness. So let's dive into your personal fitness journey. Like how did you personally get started? Like in fitness was that you're like starting to laugh and I'm like, I, okay. I feel like uh, Jenny, well, basically throughout school, like to this day, and people are like, are you okay? I've never played a game of sport ever. It is not natural for me. Fitness is not a natural thing for me. It never used to be. For me, like growing up, I remember like in year nine, so what's that? Because when I'm 15, you always have to like pick a sport at school. And I'm like, I'm going to do field hockey because the outfits are really cute. And then... <laughs> because they were so cute and then I got there and there's the coach is like okay Becky you can like carry the equipment and I remember was being like you can get fucked and like throwing them across the thing that was my sporting experience as a child so my parents made me do tennis lessons for two years and I never played a game because I'm like no I'm good I can't do it I'm just like I just wasn't my thing. So it really, for me, sport was really crippling because it was too much competitiveness. I didn't need to compete. I would compete against myself. Great. That's okay. So that's why I think I was like the fashiony art girl growing up because I just loved that stuff more. Then when I was like 18, I got into the gym. So I'm like, wait, you can go to the gym. You don't have to necessarily like play a sport. This is amazing. And so I started getting into the gym. And so then that I really loved that because it was basically, it was my release. It was competing against myself and it was that whole thing. And so for me, that was a real outlet. So like whether it's stress, energy, all that stuff helped make me sleep and all that good stuff. So yeah. But and so amazing. I love I the fact that you didn't love sports because I was forced into sports as a child. My parents were like, pick two sports. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Two? And I liked soccer, but then they like made me do basketball. I literally was like, what do you mean these jerseys can't be pink? Like I, I was straight up the bench warmer. I was the cheerleader for the basketball team, but literally on the basketball team. And I'd be like, everyone like great job. No, but I feel that. And I think that's exactly it. So I've always, 
my brand has sort of evolved. It's always been like, it's basically like, you know, health and wellness with SAS, like saying it like it is and really like, like tongue in cheek, very raw and very like honest about everything. But the main thing is like my big things are like confidence and being your heart, being your own biggest heart girl, because I feel like it's just so important. And so I think that is something where it's like you're in cheerleader. Absolutely. Like I've, I'm everyone's hype girl. I'll hype everybody up to the end of time. That's my, that's in my like signature of my emails. I am a hype girl. That's what I do. But it's so funny how in the sporting world and like, it's like, I think it's like, I've taken all those elements that people would be from group sport, which never happened to no, do that for yourself. Act like you're your own team. You've got to be on your own team and you've got to be like, you know, your own hype person. So I think it's really important. I know. I love that. I think it is so important, especially with working out and people starting to like get back into like going to the gym or classes or like getting, you know, a lot of people are like, either they like slacked off or I've seen like these huge success stories of people who are like, whoa, I took COVID and like kicked my ass into gear and like went for it. Yeah. There was one extreme or the other. And I feel like a lot of people are just so like the most, the most questions I get at the moment are people being like, I am I don't feel comfortable. I'm terrified of who I am, what I look like. I don't even know how to get back into it because it seems so big. And it's like, I just can't even get back into it. I think it's like a lot of people have come out of this exactly. They had this success story of like, I lost 20 pounds. This is the fittest I've ever been. And it's those people as well that are hitting me up being like, cool, but now I've started going out again and now I've gaining weight. So then it's like the other anxiety of like, I can't balance things. So I think it's, we've either had ultimate control to another extreme or no control, but it's very rare to find people that have been in the middle, just fighting. So yeah. Okay. So for people who are going back out there, they're like, okay, we're starting to get the event on. We're starting to see the friends are a little bit more regularly and we're not necessarily cooking at home all the time what are good ways that they could either like pick healthier items on menus or like prep for the events? Okay. So this one I find, I kind of do this for my whole life and usually work. So my thing is like pick your battles. Okay. Don't commit complete dietary suicide or self-sabotage for the sake of it. Okay. So for example, if I'm going out to a dinner and I really, I'm pumped about this dinner, but you know what? I also love tequila a lot. I'm not going to lie. So I know I'm going to drink for this event. Amazing. So that is my, that's my thing for that event. Do you know what I mean? If it was a night where I'm not drinking, but I'm like, I really want dessert. Oh my God. Great. That's my thing. But if you're going out for dinner and you're going to pick the pasta, you're going to have dessert and you're going to drink probably a little bit silly. So you don't need to commit all three crimes. Do you know what I mean? So what I, I say to like that, don't commit yeah. all three crimes. I am a crime committer. So pick well, one. Yeah. Just pick one evil. That's fine. But stick to it. Just, just stick to that one thing because that's your night. And then I think you're less likely to feel like you're a complete piece of shit or failure the next day. Cause it's like, wait, I didn't fall off that much. I treated myself. I had balance because living, you should be living. That's the whole point. We didn't go through all this for nothing. So it's kind of like, you still want to have that element of social life. I think it's so important because if you don't, you'll just end up resenting your fitness journey and that sucks. So I think it's just like, yeah, picking your evil, bartering with yourself is what's more important to me right now. Is it the dessert or is it the drinking? What do you prefer? I'm someone I'll probably always choose alcohol because I just like to drink. Okay. So what's your cocktail of choice going out? So you like a tequila. Are you like a tequila and soda? Are you like a spicy marg? What's your vibe? Okay. Well, exactly. I I love a spicy mezcal or marg. Obviously no agave because the thing is sugar equals hangovers aside from making you gain weight, but also like just to feel better the next day. If you have no sugar, you will feel so much better the next day. Okay. Usually I'm going to try that. 
Yeah, because usually it's the sugar element in drinks that will make you hungover. So if you cut the sugar, you'll feel so much better. So for me, it's basically like mezcal lime juice shaken on the rocks with like a jalapeno or something or something spicy. Love that. Or I've gone down the, I've now apparently a really big dirty martini girl, which I'm so here for. So yeah, love a dirty martini. My friend told me a very important rule, which I've really stuck to and it really helps. Okay, and yeah, I, I'm here for that. Um, <laughs> that martinis are like boobs. One's not enough and three is too many. <laughs> Meaning if you have more than two, you are going to be sideways. So don't ever have more than two. That is it. That is your cutoff. You've always got to have two. I love it. Martinis are like boobs. Okay, my problem with drinking, and maybe you can like attribute anything to this. I am either, this is always, I'm always worried about not being drunk enough. That's clearly never been an issue, but I will either have like six drinks and literally not be buzzed at all or have one and be like shit faced. Yeah. It's like I recently, cause I've been trying to drink a little bit less or just trying to only drink like one day a week just cause work's really intense. I'm like, okay, just act like an adult for a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> Since I've been doing that, I'm like, I can have two drinks and I'm almost anybody's. This is terrible. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is so bad. Okay. So I will say if you're going to an event and you feel like it's been a crazy day or whatever, and you're not sure if you're going to eat at the event or anything like that, I always pre-eat events, right? So I make, I never save eating for an event because I know I probably won't. I'll end up talking everyone's ears off and I'll have two drinks before dinner. And then next minute I can't even talk and I'm a mess. So instead I always have like a pre-dinner to an event dinner, just in case I don't end up eating at the dinner. And I think that's why, you know, okay, great. I've lined my stomach. I'm definitely not going to like be sideways after one drink and embarrassing myself. So you're still holding it together, but you're also going to feel a lot less worse. I think on days where you've had like, you can have like six drinks or whatever, and you're not going to feel it either way. Those days just happen. There's no prepping for that. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, there's no prep. There's no preparation that could. But there's also because I'm not going to say, oh, on those days, like just have double shots at the bar. Like it's a really bad idea. So I'm not going to condone that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I love it. Okay. So I want to dive in now. We've got a little eating. Well, we've got more drinking. We've got, we've got the booze, which is just a fundamental. So you're known for training for the booty. And I want to know what the secret is to the perfect butt and training your butt because you've also trained Victoria's Secret models like we talked about, like New York, the stomping ground. And I'm, I'm just so curious. So I think for me, I got into butt stuff because I was not born with a butt at all. Like I had, I remember when I first became a personal trainer and the gym, I was working super high end gym in Australia. And basically the guy's like, cool, do a squat, do this. And he's like, your glutes just don't activate. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, wait, what? I didn't even know all this was a thing. And basically that's how I got into bands because if we're sitting on our butt all day, right, our butt gets really lazy because it's really hard for our glutes, which like our butt muscles to fire. So for example, our quads, so the front of your legs, think of that as like a bully muscle. Okay. So every time you walk, your quads take over. So then basically your butt is a bigger muscle, but it's not working. So it's getting lazy. So your quads are doing all the work. So my one of the things that people always say is like, how do I do squats but not build up my quads? I don't want to get six eyes. What am I doing? What am I doing? And I get it. So when I started strength training, I was doing so many squats, heavy squats and that. My thighs were fucking huge. And I'm like, what the 
this is not what I want. This is not it. And why? It's because your thighs end up bulking out if you're not activating your glutes. So doing band work, which is why I started using the band so much, it activates your glutes, right? So before you go for a run, before you go for like doing your squats, doing any like leg or butt exercise, if you use a booty band to activate your glutes first, now all of a sudden they're firing, they're switched on, they know what's going on. So then the quad won't bully the booty. Instead, the booty's like, no, this is my job. This is, this is where I come to play. And so that will give you full activation of your butt, meaning you'll pick up your butt and like actually work your butt rather than building out your quads. Okay. That's amazing. Over here, yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm here for it. I'm like, this is so good. I literally, I had no idea about the resistance bands and the butt is there. Okay. So now if I'm going to do like a 20 minute workout at home for like my butt, what should I be doing? So I'm putting on the resistant bands. Like what's so, my point of action? Like, so I would suggest using really strong resistance bands. I ended up making my own because the ones on Amazon just kept on breaking all the time. And I was like, just like, it was just a waste of money every week. I was like reordering, reordering. I'm like, fuck. So I made my own that were really strong. But the reason why I say is if you're whatever bands you are using, make sure they're really strong. So then that itself can be a workout. So I started making workouts around the bands for my clients because I travel all the time. They're like, cool, I just have my hotel room. I don't want to leave my hotel room. I don't want my coworkers to know I'm working out. It has to be 20 minutes because I have no time and it has to be compact. It can't take up a lot of room. So I'm like, great, let's base everything around these booty bands. So we ended up making a whole bunch of like 20 minute routines people could do beside their hotel bed in their living room that was like really non-invasive to their whole day and schedule and everything like that. Because sometimes life happens and it's hard. If you're a mum with kids, you can't, you don't get a you don't get a break. <laughs> you're yeah. a go 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 go. Exactly. So it's trying to work it around the busy lifestyle. And it's kind of the idea behind that was making it like you're giving yourself no way out. You can't make an excuse anymore because it's like, cool, it's easy to travel with. It's easy. It's you can do it anywhere. And I think those factors, you want to make fitness as accessible as possible for yourself. If you know you're busy, then why you were not going to book a class because that doesn't work. But if you like, so you've got to set yourself up for success in a way. So you've got to do things that can work into your daily life and your routine that's doable and fun for you at the same time. And I think that's the ones that you have the most success with. So as far as like 20 minute booty routines go, whether it's super strong resistance band, stepping back and forth side to side, doing all your squats, lateral lunges, all that type of stuff. Any sideways movement is really activating your medial glutes, so the middle part of your butt. And you'll know in 10 seconds, like your butt will be on fire in the best way. How often, like how many days a week, this is probably per person, but like how many days a week should we be doing butt workouts? I say to people, okay, so usually... On a schedule, some people say, for example, if you're a big Peloton rider or if you're a runner or if you became a quarantine runner, like most of us did, we're like, hey, let's start. I feel like, but as a warm up, if you use the bands before you do your Peloton, you're running, anything like that where you're going to use your legs, I would, or any cardio, I would say warm up with the bands for five minutes. Why? Because then at least you're firing your glutes. So then you're going to be using more of your butt rather than your quads when you're doing your cardio. So that's just part of your, it should be part of your warm up mobility routine whenever you exercise. Cause it's going to just, it will, if you're paranoid about building out your quads and having like, you know, six eyes, like everyone's like so paranoid about, then that's a way to combat that, you know, because instantly it'll be part of your warm up. As far as actual full-on 
butt workouts though, I would say twice a week, but I would do it three days apart. Okay. Three days apart. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So you're doing like a Monday waiting three days. Okay. So that's, I, okay. I like this. I like the five minute before you work out too, because that's so doable. It's, it's so doable and it makes such a difference to what muscles you're using, meaning you're going to actually, that will, because then that all of a sudden makes your cardio a booty workout as well. So now you've got all these sneaky booty workouts in between your actual really hard butt workouts and you'll get better results. Okay. Amazing. Okay. You, we've chatted about the resistance band. So how, so essentially you came out of necessity building those because you were like, okay, the stuff on Amazon is not working. It was just driving me crazy. And then my clients were like, which ones should we buy? And I was sitting there like, cool, well, they've broken a week. And I'm like, great, this makes me look bad now. And so I like hit up so many factories. I was like, I've literally, I remember my apartment for like six months was just full of booty band samples to the point where everyone that had come over like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> You're like, we have a full room dedicated to the booty. Literally, I'm like, what is going on? But I finally found a factory that would make them exactly how I wanted them, really strong. I've tested them all so much. So usually latex can only stretch so much so many times before it snaps. My bands, if you like use a like if you're using them four days a week, you get about three months out of it. In an Amazon situation, you'd probably get like, uh, like for me, I was getting like two, two weeks max out of bands, which was kind of wild. So yeah, it's, it was journey, but it was fun. Okay. So that's so interesting too. I had no idea that you had to replace the brands unless they actually broke. So I have personally had the bands that I've had for like a year. So I should get rid of those ASAP. No, if they haven't broken, great. It's if you're using it consistently, like a lot, like a lot of times, like you'll see like they're either going to go lax, like they're not going to be as stretchy or hard. Like remember when you first get them, like it's like, oh my God, these are so tough. Half of that would be, yes, you're stronger, but you're not that much. Like, you know, it's not like they do. They do. So, okay. So then when using the bands, do you have multiple bands that people should buy or can they just use one band? So usually it's a set of three. So it's a light, medium and a heavy one. And then it's like not only booty bands, so then we, you can use them on full body as well. So there's like really good, like you can crush your abs with them as well, which is great. Even upper body stuff. If you're sitting at a desk all day, like really good posture stuff, like opening your chest up, things like that. Yeah. Where, okay. So for the, the light, medium and like the hardest one, what areas should you been using? Should you start out with the light for everything? Always start at light because I think like, even if you're doing say like a cardio session with the bands and you're like doing a whole bunch of hit moves in a row, like you better off starting off light because you're going to progress to heavy. Do you know what I mean? So You'll see, like the, the light is still hard. The light of my bands is the equivalent of a heavy of another brand. Like they're, they're hard. So the heavy, heavy, like the really heavy one called the cake maker, because it's the more you bake, the bigger the cake. Mm-hmm. So that one is killer. Like that's so hard. I have guys using that all the time. They're like, you're killing me. I'm like, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's phenomenal. So shifting gears a little bit, how do you build a strong brand? Like I think a lot of people, whether it's, whether it's an actual physical brand, a personal brand, what do you think is, I guess, like the three core things on building a strong brand? I absolutely love branding. It's something I do consulting on and everything. That is like my absolute hobby. I love it. I think there's a couple of really major key players. I think it's like one being authentic. So you have to be 
100% authentic all the time because if you're trying to pull a facade or pretend to be something you're not, at the end of the day, when you, you're going to get caught out, like you will. So I think it's to save yourself the hassle and the overthinking of trying to create a narrative that's not real. If you are super true to brand and really authentic with yourself and your brand, usually that's what people are attracted to because people can see it and people love it. I think it's being really honest as well is super appealing to people. Like people love seeing the behind the scene things. People love seeing like the certain, like the failures, be sharing everything. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think we all try and like curate this like perfect little bubble of like what's going on when really like everyone knows it's not real. So it doesn't matter. Like, so you shouldn't be sh- like scared to talk about what you're doing, sharing your failure, failures or anything like that, because I think that's what helps grow your brand. It also helps you never know who can help you, meaning like, I feel like like a lot of people are very secretive about their projects or what they're doing. It's like, I'd like to tell you, but I can't secret. And it's like, but if you're very open about it in a cool way, then people are like, wait, I can help you. Or I know someone that can help you because I feel like if you go into a business or a brand with the idea of like um, collaboration over competition, you're the only person that's going to, you're all going to win. And I think it's like you, you're here to build each other up. You're here to like, it's not, it shouldn't be a competition, but if you go into it, like, it's like that whole, like, you know, kindness creates kindness. So it's kind of like business karma is such a thing and people will remember you for being kind, for remember you for helping them collaborate and being a good person to work with. And I think that is something that a lot of people definitely don't like, it's like see as much or don't appreciate as much. And then the last one I would be is like, know your brand narrative inside out, because I feel like a lot of brands have like, they can have beautiful packaging. They can do this. And it's like, but they don't have a narrative and they don't, they don't know their brand story. They don't have like a backbone to what they're doing. And I think if you, it's part of like, just as important as having like a beautiful packaging and same vice versa. It's like, you need to know everything inside out, have that so buttoned up. So then it's like, you're this unstoppable force. If you combine all those three things. No, I think that's amazing. And two, I would say that very on a spiritual level. I had something today where like Mm -hmm. business karma is such a a live thing, like, and industry is so small. Like people believe that it's this very large thing. I swear like Mm -hmm. the cross pollination is insane. Like those people who screw you over, like (laughs) they will do it to five other people and they will get known for that. It will come back to haunt you. Also, the other thing is like never burn, don't burn any bridges, kill people with kindness because people also switch industries a lot. People will come back around. Like they will always be around. And it's so funny how many times I've like worked with someone and they've been a absolute nightmare and I've been like oh my god just bite your tongue and walk away just don't worry about it and then five years later they've had their own mini epiphany and they've come back and now they're a giant editor of a magazine or this and that and it's like because I was nice and I didn't burn my bridge great this is going to work to my advantage you never know when someone's going to re-enter your life so it's just it's the industry is too small like any industry is and too, when I'm like mad about something, this is something that I learned is like less is more like in emails and text message, the less yeah. you can say and just get a point you're across. Like, thank you so much for your time. Like, even if it's that little and it kills you to write it, sometimes you just literally need to say like, thanks for your time. And that's it. And if I'm pissed, I've got a rule where it's like, okay, write it out, save it as a draft, come back in an hour because it's not that time sensitive. It's fine. Reread it in an hour. And then half the time I'm like, what am I saying? It's late. <laughs> it's and like cut it down. Delete draft. So then, so it's like, 
<laughs> so right. like, what yeah. It's like starting with an ex-boyfriend or whatever and you're like shooting your mouth off and then you're like, wait, I'm just going to delete all that and write, okay. Yeah, it's a K moment. It's not one that is really, <laughs> and a lot of things like, I love this. One of my friends, her name's Ambrosia Carey. And she told me this like years ago about business and she's an international hairstylist. And she was like, if it's not fun, it's funny. Like if the, if the moment isn't like fun, you've got to find something comical in it to where you can laugh at the situation. And it totally just like flips the narrative that you're like, holy shit. Like this is actually pretty funny. Like you've got to put a spin on it, kind of like do some type of positive and then walk you- also like life of an entrepreneur, like, yeah, you're crying like once or twice a day. That's, that just happens. Like, that's it. Get used to it. Like it's fine. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to be, don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take, everything's not life or death. You know, we're not surgeons. Great. Like apart from like, it's like it, everything works out in the end. It's going to be okay. Like, I think that's something to always remind yourself. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you're very honest and vulnerable on social media. For example, you talked about your breast implant removal and using bot like Botox. Was that hard for you? Cause you, I feel like too, I'm a very like oversharer naturally. Was it yeah. hard things for you to open up about? I mean, I think it's more about like destigmatizing things, you know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, half of it's in our heads. Like no one actually fucking cares about most things. I think it's, it's all what we build up in our heads. So it's like you're saying about flipping the narrative about business relationships. This night, it's flipping the narrative with yourself. And it's like, if someone's going to have a go at your like, to like throw shade on you for being authentic to yourself well then that's a them problem that's not a you problem and I think that's something that's worth like thinking about the breast implant illness thing that was a lot that was hard to talk about just because I didn't even want to admit it was happening to myself that was just a lot to process but also when I was going through that, I was looking everywhere for someone else in my situation and no one, I could not find anywhere on the internet, someone that was like, like me, that cared about aesthetics. You know, everyone that I'd heard that had breast implant illness, were like only things that have fallen from the tree. And I'm like, that's not who I am. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, you know, it's like, I don't drink ever. And I'm like, that's not me either. Like, you know, and so I'm like, there's no one that I could really relate to that was going through it. And, and it, was, it wasn't until I found this random podcast with a girl, I'm talking about it and she's running through a list of symptoms and I'm like, check, 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 check. And I'm like, wait, this is me. And I'm like, fuck, I think I've got this thing. But it got to a point where I'm like, I have to make this public one because my boobs just couldn't disappear one day. But also, <laughs> but also I didn't know mentally what I would go through post like explant, meaning I didn't know what, how I would be dealing with it at all. So I could be like in an absolute shell of a human being like, what the fuck? I don't even know who I am anymore. So I had to make it very public to one, like my own mental health and help me get through it because it's like, great, I'm talking about it. Then I don't have to be like, oh, wow, why have your tits disappeared or anything weird like that? It's like, ah, fine. But also the more you talk about things like that, the more normal it makes it. And I think it's just, it's like people are more appreciative that you're honest and authentic about it rather than trying to curate this perfect life on Instagram, which you can't even keep up with yourself. It's too much. And to your paving the way, like I, similarly, I went through like a surgery recently and I haven't even been, been able to like come to terms with everything that's happened and mm. all the things that surrounded it. And honestly, if there was someone who was in my situation who I had seen talk about it, like maybe I would have felt differently, 
But and, if you have like these ideas too in your head and you don't know what's happening but by yourself most of the time, unless you're able to figure out your own freaking cure without no. someone else. So it's definitely like, I mean, paving that way for other people to be able to just share their story and talk is huge. Well, what's been really nice is like, there's just, I've had so many girls that follow me being like, wait, I think I'm going through the same thing. And like in the last year, I think I've at least had like 12 followers being like, I've just had mine out as well. I've had the same thing. I didn't know what it was because with breast implant illness, it's a really sensitive issue because I feel like you're being, it's not medically recognized. So you're basically every doctor you go to, you're being gaslighted so hard. So like, no, I think it's in your head. Maybe you've just got depression. Maybe you're just crazy. And I'm like, I can't feel down my left side. I'm like literally like going crazy. I've got Hashimoto's, all these autoimmune issues now. And it's like, all from my breast implants and no one will agree with you that that's what's causing it because it's not medically recognized. So I think if you're in a position where you do have a platform, you can have what fucking five followers or 5 million followers. It doesn't matter if you're, you never know how much your story can impact someone else or help someone else. And I think it's just like the more information, the better in these types of things. Cause it's like, they're sensitive issues that people don't like to talk about. No, really, honestly. And it's it's so crazy, especially when there's just like, I don't know, there's like this weird stigma in that industry where like breast implants, I feel like, for example, are like seen as like, okay, a lot of people get their boobs done, but like, I haven't heard of like breast imp- implant illness. Like I haven't heard about that. And then my mom has her boobs done. So I think- no, no one it, does yeah. Have something go wrong. <laughs> exactly. Like, and too, it's like you're putting a foreign object in your body. Like that should be talked about that people like know along with it. Yeah. And it's just like, look, for the first nine years, mine didn't give me an issue at all. But then the last few years, like I, I went through absolute hell. Like at one point, I'm like, am, am I dying? Like what's going on? It's not happening. And it was really scary to be a fitness person and to be so inflamed and so sick and so like I was falling apart and I had no answers and it was just yeah scary times but you know so much for sharing that with us so that is a lot of people what do you want to be known for honestly for being everyone's hype girl I think to I'm I do these things called Beck Talks, which I think are really important. So a Beck Talk is like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I I send all my friends voice notes like a crazy person. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys, guess what? It's fucking Thursday. We love Thursday. Thursday's the best. It's going to be the best day of the week. You're going to look cute. You're going to be productive. You're going to do whatever, piping people up for the day. If you start your day on a positive, right, and you like you say to yourself out loud today it's going to be fucking amazing, which is really cheesy, but whatever, you instantly can't say that or read that or listen to that without smiling and being like, do you know what? Today's going to be great, amazing. And it's that positive reinforcement. And I say to people, I'm like, I'm literally here to make other people feel good. And if I could like throughout my day, either it's like random acts of kindness or just being nice to people because people really forget how important being nice is if I make someone feel good today, they're going to have the best fucking day ever. Great. Then you're going to go and make someone feel good. And then it's a really nice spiral effect. So it's like, if I could hype someone up, make someone feel good, make someone feel sparkly inside. Amazing. I've done my job. And I think it's spreading that mentality because I think so many people are 
in it for themselves and this and that. And don't get me wrong. I'm like the biggest hustler ever. I will, I love to work. I love to do many things. I've always got side projects going on and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I think it's bringing it back down to making other people feel good as well as being successful. You can do both. You don't have to be a dick to be successful. And I think people forget that. I have to say your energy is infectious and I feel like that's the highest compliment that I personally could give another person. So really like, I love your freaking energy. Where can everybody find you, follow you? So on Instagram, it's at sweat with Beck. And yeah, that's right. I'm based in New York. I go to LA all the time for business and yeah. Please come see me when you do. Send me a DM. Let's Absolutely. I will we'll hunt you down, lady. We'll, we'll get it rocking. Absolutely. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, TVB babes. Thank you so much for tuning in this Thursday. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and go say hello to our amazing guest of the week. Ta-ta for now. (laughs) 